they shut the game down, they figure out who's going to lose, and then they start the game back up. Another topic amongst Bitcoiners is guns. I thought you were going to say bear attacks. Well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, technically bear attacks, right? I feel like bear attacks would have made, like more people would have guessed Hey, a bear, bear attack attacks. happens every four years. <laughs> it's easier to give up control than it is to fight to hold on to it. Fundamentally, Bitcoin is a software patch on humanity. You're listening to the Flirting with Bitcoin podcast. I'm Mandana. I'm Ian. That's Keon. And, and we're, we're the, the Recepies. My husband loves Bitcoin, and once a week, I let him talk my ear off about it. Yeah, I'm a real cheap date. Cheap, maybe, but it's a lot of work. I'm going to do something. May as well do it the best way possible. And Flirting with Bitcoin is audience-funded without ads or sponsors. Mm-hmm. This ain't your grandma's podcast. This is podcasting 2.0. But we can't do this for free, babe. We have Bitcoin to buy and a new mouth to feed. <laughs> See, our son agrees with me. If and when people enjoy the show, they can support us by giving us a review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever they're listening. They can share episodes on their social media. And of course, they can send us some money. Obviously, I prefer Bitcoin. And the best way to send us some is through our two favorite apps, Strike and Fountain. Ah, let's explain how that works at the end of the episode for anyone curious. Sure, babe. But I still like real money, and so if you want to support us... Babe, babe, Bitcoin is real money. Sure, but if you want to support us with old school money, go to flirtingwithbitcoin.com and subscribe. We offer monthly and yearly subscriptions that come out to less than a dollar an episode. To all our fountainheads out there, keep making and sharing clips of the show to cash in on our bounty program. Make that money, honey. Y'all ready? Hey, Keon, you ready, baby? Let's go. Hey, Ian. Hey, Mandana. Hola, Spain. Namaskara, Nepal. Guten Tag, Germany. Sawadee, Thailand. Hola, Brazil. Good day, UK. Good day, Canada. Hola, Argentina. Buongiorno, Italy. Namaste, Baharat. Kamusta, Philippines. Bonjour, France. Hello, Indonesia. Hola, Portugal. Hello, Netherlands. Konnichiwa, Japan. Witam, Poland. Zadrvet, Bulgaria. Hola, Venezuela. Hola, Mexico. Good day, Australia. What's up, Nigeria? And howdy, howdy to, to Texas. Texas. What time is it, babe? The current time is 820-622, and we're approximately 1,568 blocks since our last recording. And if I gave you one U.S. dollar, how many acres could I get on sunny Bitcoin Island? Today, you can get 2,285 acres, a.k.a. Satoshis, on Bitcoin Island. And other tangible goods? Uh, yeah, you know, you can get a dozen eggs for 5,200 sats. You could get a kilogram of beef for 8,000 sats. You could get a gallon of gasoline for 5,100 sats. And 100 pounds of milk for 34,000 sats, <laughs> if you're ever in the market for 100 pounds of milk. So that means that the Satoshi price index has gone. The price of everything got cheaper. Because? I mean, because the economy. And Bitcoin's up. And you think that it's going to soon go past 50. I mean, yes. Real smug about it. Look, once Bitcoin starts moving, it needs something to make it stop. And it doesn't seem like anything's about to happen to make it stop. Only things that are going to make it accelerate. Like what? What's happening? Well, you know, there's a financial crisis a-brewing, and 
people that benefit from the current system seem to be uh, clamping. What do they say? They're, they're closing all the exits, right? They're trying to make it so that you can't actually leave the system that's about to implode, um, which is just a good indicator that whatever they have planned as their solution, they need as many people stuck in the current system so that, yeah. we, so that we all accept whatever they propose. But if half of us were Bitcoiners, we would just let the system collapse because we'd already be able to like pay ourselves and pay each other. Plus you got the ETF. Plus you got, apparently there's another big country on the way that might be going Bitcoin. Um, a la El Salvador, you got Argentina, just like the new president who's anti-central bank pro Bitcoin. You also still have El Salvador, right? Like, uh, president Bukele has stepped down so he can run for president again. I'm sure he's going to get elected again. And when he does, that'll be like another news cycle of things of like, Hey, this is the guy that like did this crazy thing with Bitcoin. And we told you it was crazy, but yet the people reelected him. Maybe it's working. I don't mm-hmm. know. Right. Like, mm-hmm. um, so there's a lot of things that say Bitcoin is going to be in the news in a positive way. I don't see too many stories of Bitcoin being in the news in a negative way. All right. So if it's going up, let's say I want to have one Bitcoin in time for the having. That's a good goal to have. What do I got to do? Um, you got to buy a Bitcoin. Uh, I mean, um, yeah, but we have this Toshi savings calculator. And what that will do is tell you what you need to do by the having. So, for example, today, there's only 142 days until the having, And that means you need to buy 700,000 approximately uh, sats every day between now and the having to get to one Bitcoin. And today, one of those buys, one of those 700,000 buys would cost you $300. So you're looking at like $300 a day um, to get to one Bitcoin. Okay. Or you can do it weekly. So there's only 20 weeks until the having, which brings you to 5 million sats per week or about $2,200 a week. And if you're a monthly buyer, um, you only got four months left, which puts you at 25 million sats a month which today is $11,000. And I'm pretty certain in the next three months following that, it'll be a lot more for the same amount of sats. It's only going to get harder to get to one Bitcoin the closer you get to the having. It's not that I don't believe you, but it's going to be interesting. What do you you not believe? It was $15,000 less than a year ago. Mm Mm-hmm. I know it seems like it just started moving. Yeah, it does. But seem like that way. it was fifteen thousand dollars mm-hmm. less than a year ago. We are at whatever it is, two hundred percent or three X right now. So that's you, a lot in a year. Do you wish we bought more? You always, always wish you yeah. always wish you bought okay. more. Um but the point is is or that are you pleased with yourself generally? Pleased with what? Just, you know, how you managed that dip, right? That was obviously a dip. Um, I mean, I learned from the last one. Mm -hmm. So I pushed in every feasible amount of dollars I can get my hands on Mm -hmm. that wouldn't, you know, have us eating ramen every day, Mm -hmm. but that's what you're supposed to do. Like back when it dropped, uh, to three, actually, no, not when it dropped to three, but like I was talking to somebody one day after that had happened. He was like, yeah, like I called my entire family, convinced everyone to give me all their money. And they thought I was crazy, but like a few of them did. And it went from three to 70. Wow. So, yeah, like after having seen that happen, I knew the next time it did that, that that's what I was going to do. You know, you live, you learn. I wish I had done it at three, did it at 15. I'll be all right. Mm -hmm. So it's going to go up again and then it'll go back down. So there'll be a new floor, right? Again, none of this is guaranteed, but statistically, the low has always been higher. Right. Right. 
So if you're having higher lows, you're still technically trending up. Some people just wish they had got in at the most possible low and for some reason sold at the most possible high, but like that's impossible. So DCA, whatever your amount is, dollar cost average in every day, every week, whatever you got. And, you know, a couple months ago, basically anybody who'd been DCAing was up. No matter what point in time you had started, mm-hmm. you'd be up, right? Wow. So Bitcoin has those moments where like, yeah, you know, you could be like a professional trader and have all these stocks and charts and graphs or whatever, right? But, or you could just be lazy and just save money like a regular human being mm-hmm. and you'll still be up. Yeah. You'll still have uh, profited or whatever you want to call it or protected yourself from the inflation is the better way of describing it. Yeah. So it's been a minute, babe. We're a little behind recording the pod. Yep. How's how's life been? Busy. Good busy? I mean, I'd rather be busy than not busy, I suppose. I suppose. Yeah, our baby is very strong and, mo- and mobile. And it's, you know, made us have to redesign some things. It's also led to, I don't know if it's uh, connected, but we also kind of expanded our whole podcast recording setup in the basement okay (laughs) i don't what do you think i mean i set it up this way so i like it do you like it i like it okay cool the rearrangement of it all like there's more energy flow i guess yeah we're we're more across from each other now Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's good Hopefully it fixes some of the the sound echo problems also, which I don't see it on the board. So looks like we're good. Wonderful. Yeah, we're doing our best. We're learning. Definitely learning. Um, but yeah, since we last recorded, I actually went to like two Bitcoin events. Um, one was like a couple of dudes at a bar in, here in D.C. called Shelly's, um, which ironically is like this cigar bar, which, you know, I left smelling like smoke to say the least, but, uh, it was fun. Like you don't normally, I don't normally talk to like other Bitcoiners. Like I just, Mm -hmm. that's just not my thing. You're the the closest thing to that. Um, but so like talking to them, I kind of like reinforced or increased my conviction that like, I actually do know a lot about what's going on in Bitcoin. So that was kind of cool. Like, um, some of the guys like didn't know what lightning was or like, Mm -hmm. I don't want to say didn't know what it was, but like didn't see anything in it. And then I was trying to explain to them one of our episodes where I was saying like lightning is how you earn yield Mm -hmm. on your Bitcoin. And the guy was like, Oh, I hadn't thought about it like that. I was like, yeah, you know, like you're technically providing a service, right? Like you're providing liquidity to the network and Mm -hmm. you're being compensated. But you know, I, I don't even know how to figure it out, but I, I doubt that the lightning network is paying for the electricity that's powering the device. (laughs) Right. Like Mm -hmm. it's just, it's just, uh, it's just an experiment, right, um, that we're doing because we have a Bitcoin podcast, so I need to be able to talk about these things, mm-hmm. so I have to, like, interact with these things. Um, so because of that, I bought a Bitcoin miner. So last year, I got the node, which let me do the the lightning stuff. So I was, like, learning about lightning all mm-hmm. this year. And this year, I got a Bitcoin miner, so I'm going to be learning all about Bitcoin mining this year, hopefully. Do you want to talk about it, or do you, like, still want to get into it first? Talk about what? The miner that you bought. I mean, we can talk about it a little bit. So um, it's called an S9. 
it's not like a one of those like big beefy ones. Like it's probably not even going to be <laughs> profitable. Beefy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, so all the different, um, yeah, so all the different Bitcoin miners have. <laughs> um, Is that what Bitcoiners call them? That's what I'm calling it. Oh, I like I don't. It's just don't, how you feel. Yeah, like so there are Bitcoin miners that if you have electricity at the right price, it will actually produce profitable amounts of Bitcoin, mm -hmm. right? So uh, an S9, you know, you're not going to be getting much Bitcoin mm -hmm. because the amount of hashes that it does is very low. It's more like a just try it out kind of thing and see how this whole thing works. And if you feel like you understand it, then, yeah, you might want to go invest, air quotes, in a beefier Bitcoin miner. Um, but I doubt that's going to happen. Like, I just want, I just want to get like started. It costs like a hundred bucks. I got it off eBay. Um, highly, they, they had like oh, over a thousand stars. So like, I'm sure it's legit. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, the reason why I got it is because one of the stories that we're going to talk about um, is there's a new mining pool that got launched recently called ocean and it's a decentralized mining pool. So first of its kind, um, and like reading about that and hearing that come out kind of made me be like, okay, I think I need to get into mining now. So what does that mean, decentralized? Can I guess? Sure. Mm, it means that, oh, maybe you did explain this to me. It means that when the block is mined and the Bitcoin is distributed, it's distributed immediately to all of the miners, not just to one person who then distributes it to everyone. Yes. That is, that is, that is correct. Nice. Um, nice. So before this mining pool, uh, good job, babe. <laughs> um, before this mining pool, uh, basically the, right now it's 6.25 Bitcoin every, every block. That 6.25 would get deposited somewhere. And then the controller of usually the mining pool would do the calculations and pay everybody out in some way. And what ocean is doing is, your payment comes directly from basically the Bitcoin network. Mm -hmm. So they never touch the Bitcoin. They never can be caught. Well, in theory, they never touch the Bitcoin and they can't be caught with like, why haven't you paid us out yet? Right. So that seems to be a thing. I'm not in the mining world, so I don't know as much, but like I've heard that said that like sometimes mining pools don't pay out. And the reason why they don't pay out is because they can and the reason why they can is because it gets deposited with them first. Thanks. So, I mean, it's not a normal thing, but it's just that it's a possibility, mm -hmm. right? And so this particular mining pool called Ocean, um, like it just seemed very interesting. And, and for, for the life of me, I don't know why all mining pools didn't operate like this to begin with, um, considering that Bitcoiners want everything to be decentralized. Mm -hmm. But, you know, like enough mining pools not paying out incentivized someone to say, well, let's just get rid of that problem. Right. Which I think is cool. So I'm going to hook this miner up. I'm going to connect it to that ocean mining pool and contribute my little bit of hash power. We might make like maybe $5 a year or something. I don't know if that's not will produce. That's part of the experiment. What if we get one? You what don't, our little thing, we still not, have to break it up. Yeah. That's not the, so, uh, mining pools were created because yeah, your odds right. of winning are so low. Yeah. So will they at least tell us if we're the ones who mined it? Um, I think maybe that's knowable. 
I think mm-hmm. I think that's that's right. I don't know. Again, I I we'll don't see, know much yeah. about mining, right? I'll be learning about Ooh, Bitcoin mining. What an exciting life we um, need. <laughs> this year. Um, that's like my new experiment. It's wild, babe. Um, yeah. And I don't think we did a Thanksgiving episode. So Thanksgiving is past also. What are you thankful for? Um, you know, just Bitcoin and life. and. <laughs> I love that. I, first of all, I wasn't listed at all. <laughs> I mean, you're here. Only like you're, for me and your son. You're like, Bitcoin. <laughs> I mean, like, you guys are default. I didn't think that that oh, was like. Okay. I didn't, okay. You, <laughs> Keon, my entire family, all the things that I was supposed to have said first, first. But then. And then Bitcoin. Bitcoin. Yeah. So. You fill in what else you think I should have said first. We're thankful for Bitcoin and you. What's your New Year's resolution? Uh, I don't have one yet. What's and your re- birthday wish? I mean, I don't have resolutions. You have so I, much to celebrate in the coming weeks. Yeah, I don't have resolutions. I don't have birthday wishes. Um, uh, yeah, I just, you know, I want to hack out this idea that I've been ruminating on and see how that works out. Um That'd be cool. Do you have any airing of grievances? I'm just going through every single holiday I can think of. Airing of grievances. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing productive. I do like the concept of Festivus and airing of grievances, but. Um, <laughs> I got a lot of problems with you people. <laughs> but I also think that like, that's one of those things that only works on a sitcom. Mm-hmm. Because no one, like they don't do an episode five episodes later where someone's still mad about what you said. <laughs> it's just one episode joke and everyone moves on because the writers of the show moved on. But I feel like when you air grievances in reality, <laughs> people's feelings get hurt. Okay. Let's, let's right now you and me, like each of us air a grievance just about humanity. Maybe I don't know, or just like annoying things in life. It doesn't have to be targeted at me. In fact, I, Insist it not be. <laughs> Deal. Deal. We do one each and then we start the show. Great. All right. You go first. No. I have to go first. It's your idea. All right. Something that really grinds my gears. Um, the whole sham of like why they're trying to make people who can work remotely go back into the office. That's a good one. The whole phenomenon. Uh, yeah, I mean, I could see it from their point of view. I don't necessarily agree with it, but I can see why people would want their employees to come into the office, into a office. But no, I agree with you. It's ridiculous. So, but those people probably won't be in business much longer. Yeah. Right. Like why, why, why would I pick a job where that's a requirement? Exactly. If I'm a top performer. Yeah. So. They'll Which you know out. your girl is. Uh, yeah, what's your grievance? Um, I think my grievance is with, um, I'll just say like my grievance is with the like bl- the blatant blind hypocrisy of like, I'll just say like Hollywood or celebrity culture or whatever you want to call it. Um, they, they, they created a world where, okay, we got rid of kings and queens, but 
if you become like a celebrity air quotes, you get to behave like one, right? Like they're just not expected to be normal people anymore. Like they're allowed to just be ridiculous over the top bunch of Willy Wonka's running around um, (laughs) type of people. Right. Um, But then at the same time, people like turn to these people for like their opinion on things as though they live in reality. And I'm saying Hollywood and celebrities, but I think that goes to like pretty much like anyone who's on television regularly. Right. And I'm including like politicians in this, right? Like people that are on TV, power and fame. Sure. Like people that are like power and or fame on television, either giving you information or entertaining you um, seem to feel like they're and act like they're above everybody, but then people still care about their opinions. I'm like, they think they're above us. How can their opinions on anything align with Mm -hmm. what we actually agree with? Mm -hmm. Um, And I just saw some things today, like on the social medias, whichever one it was, where people were like debating what um, some particular celebrity had said about something. Like they didn't agree with it. I'm like, that's not a normal person anymore. (laughs) That's like being like going to the zoo and asking, you know, one of the animals at the zoo, like, Hey, what do you think about climate change? And, and the, thing just goes and you're like i disagree like <laughs> it doesn't care it lives in a zoo that's quite a uh metaphor you've i mean they they us. do right they live in a zoo they have caretakers yeah like they have no responsibility except for being famous and for some reason we think that they have like their finger on the pulse of like what's going on in the world and it just what it, celebrity are you thinking about when you're saying that all of them have yeah, a list the one that comes to mind who are you picturing as you're talking uh, I didn't have one like in particular. I, I was just saying in general, this is an extension of a joke that Dave Chappelle told a long time ago where when nine 11 happened, <laughs> they were like interviewing Ja rule <laughs> about nine <9/11. laughs> 11. And like back at the, in the day when Dave made the joke about it, it was all, it was funny. It was like, Oh my God, someone get Ja rule on the phone. I need to know how to feel about this. <laughs> But it was a joke then, and now it's like every, it's, that's just how we live. Oh, and if they don't say something, you get in trouble. Exactly, right? Yeah. So it's all just, it's a little too much lately, and there's a lot going on where I don't think people that aren't in touch with reality should be allowed to talk. Um, and I think there's a certain group of people who have just had it, and... um you're not going to be able to give them information anymore because they just won't listen to anything you say. And that's a dangerous place to be because, you know, even if you're uh, lying to the public nine times out of 10, if it's that 10th time is the honest to God truth and no one believes you, that's going to be a really bad day. And, uh, you know, I think the truth has just lost all value in society. And that really grinds my gears. You feel better? The festivist work? No, but, you know, I'll go along with a bit. As long as you still have Bitcoin. Okay, before we get to Bitcoin talk, we have a milestone that we have achieved. Thanks to one of our listeners. What's that? We got our first paid subscriber. Oh, yeah. Forgot about that. Well, I didn't, but I didn't know that's what you're going with that. 
<laughs> Where did you think I was going? I don't know. But when you said it, I was like, did we? Oh, yeah, we did. We also did 300,000, but I think we already celebrated that. Yeah, we, we crossed 300,000 downloads a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so uh, I was um, I was sitting on the couch and I got a like a notification and it just looked like I had paid money. <laughs> and I was like, I didn't buy anything. What's going on? And the notification was that we got our, our first subscriber um, on the website and they had paid for the the, the yearly support our podcast. So uh, I don't want to say your, your email address on air, but you know who you are. And thank you so much. Like literally um, made me smile for like the rest of the day for, uh, you know, value for value works. I suppose we've made it, babe. I don't know if we've made it, but uh, seems like we're making it. I know it's fun. Um, oh, you told me that, at the Bitcoin events that you went to, uh, at one of them, people had heard of our podcast. Yeah. Um, the one I went to on Wednesday, um, when I mentioned the name of the pod, a couple of people, well, I'd say five out of the six people that I mentioned the pod to were like, oh, yeah, I've heard of that, like, or seen it or whatever. Like, they didn't, you know, they didn't say, like, what's that? That wasn't their first reaction. Are you going to let all of this fame go to your head? No. <laughs> not at all. Are you like, just, you know, treat me like a regular person, not like I'm a celebrity? Yes, please treat me like a normal human being who understands what's going on. It was cool. Like, at these Bitcoin events, uh, there's a coffee shop in D.C., one that, like, we used to go to all the time because it was right next to our apartment. They're Bitcoiners and they have like Bitcoin coffee and they just like give out these amazing uh, tins of coffee beans at all these events. So that's really cool. And they're from El Salvador. Yes, the beans are. Um, Yeah. So um, I'm trying to make it to those. They happen once a month. Um, Good group of guys. Um, There's a couple of of ladies there. Uh, One couple brought their very young child. Um, I was like shocked when I saw the baby because it was so small. Like Keon's like bigger now. And I was like, Ooh, that's a small baby. Mm-hmm. Like I wasn't going to bring Keon and you brought that, that guy. All right. Um, but they were nice. And uh, no, I just, I, like I said earlier, like I don't really get to talk to like a group of Bitcoiners often. So I don't know. Just, it's just a different experience than, um, you know, going to a bar. But a bar with Bitcoiners, sign me up. Yeah, you know, you probably don't you probably don't know this, but there's a bar in New York called Pub Key. Um, which is like Public Key. Yeah. So it's a bar for Bitcoiners. Do you want to go? I don't want to go to New York. So <laughs> It's the only way to just, get there. Oh my God. Just thinking of New York, I felt dirty. I, like that city is so dirty. I know it is. I'm like, and cold. I have never been to a Bitcoin event, and I wonder how I would hold my own talking to Bitcoiners. You'd be fine. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. What would we even talk about? I don't know. Whatever, whatever the topic was, you don't always talk about Bitcoin with Bitcoiners. You don't? No. What did you guys talk about? A lot of other things. Mm, what was top of mind? <sighs> Other than Bitcoin? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like we just, some people I had met before. So we were like 
kind of being like, oh, yeah, you know, catching up or whatever. Ah, personal um, life. There was a couple of new dads there. So just talking about being new dads. Um, um, somehow, somehow I ended up telling the joke about when, um, I don't know if it was, I forget where, but basically I ended up telling the joke about how uh, women don't want you to have guns, but they want you to fight the bear when it kicks in the front door. And everyone got a kick out of that because, mm-hmm. you know, another topic amongst Bitcoiners is guns. I thought you were going to say bear attacks. Well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, technically bear attacks, right? I feel like bear attacks would have made, like more people would have guessed hey, bear attacks. Hey, a bear attack attacks. happens every four years. Bitcoiners seem like Bitcoiners they would want to be ready. Yeah, yeah. No, bear attacks happen every, every four years. Um the bears are dangerous. No, but you know, I made the I made the joke of like, you don't have to fight the bear. You know, someone was talking about guns and 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 women or whatever, and I was like, yeah, they don't have to fight the bear. And they kind of looked at me like, what? And then I told the, the joke, and they're like, ah, that's funny. And I was like, yeah, you know, so like, like fight the bear, but you know, we want it to be a fair fight. It's like, well, then I need the gun to make it a fair fight. Why a fair fight? Because a bear will destroy you. No, I mean, I would want the bear to not have a chance. That's why we need guns. Yeah, less fair. No, there's no middle ground. Yeah, that's true. They're bears. Have you seen The Revenant? I have seen The Revenant. He had a gun. Would he see it together? We did not. Oh, yeah, I didn't think we did. I watched that movie on my couch by myself. Oh, I saw it in the movie theaters. I, I definitely did not go there see it. There were a bunch of people who wanted to go and I went with them. Were we together? Uh, I mean, Chase was in DC, so technically, yes. <laughs> like, I feel like I met you right after Chase moved here. <laughs> when I watched it on my couch, it might have been years after it came out, though. You're right. You might have just watched it one day that I wasn't home. Anyways, tangent, no, I watched please. it in my old apartment. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway. Okay, let's talk about something that I saw in Nostra. Noster. Noster. <laughs> let's do that again. No, let's not do it again. <laughs> like you said it wrong. <laughs> you said it wrong. And Get I corrected shit out. you. Get that shit out. Um, Noster. 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 That Jack... There's two of them. Get, make sure you get yeah, it right. Yeah. Make right. sure you get it right. You that, haven't gotten it right in a while. <laughs> Jack Dorsey. Okay. Of? Twitter. Good job. And now uh, Cash App. He posted or t- tweeted something about um, the ETF being a way to like lock up everything. Okay. Let's talk about that. All right. Tell me what he said. He said that the ETF is going to be a way to get everyone to buy Bitcoin and have them store it. Like to not actually have it be, uh, what is it called? Pure Bitcoin or clean Bitcoin? Peer to peer? Pristine Bitcoin. I mean, I understand what you're saying that he said. And that is true, right? He's not wrong. Um, so what, he, what, what you're saying that he said, I don't know exactly the quote, but... What you're saying that he said is that 
you could go to Coinbase, worst case scenario. You could go to Strike. You could go to Cash App. You could go to all these different places and buy the Bitcoin and have the Bitcoin yourself. Um, you could then withdraw the Bitcoin from said apps into your hardware wallet or offline wallet of choice. And that's actually your Bitcoin. You hold it. Um, or because that's a lot of work for a lot of people, um, you could just sell your Tesla stock and buy this ETF. And when you buy the ETF, you're going to get all the price movement of Bitcoin because it's spot. Um, so if Bitcoin goes up 500%, technically whatever you put in will go up 500%. Um, minus some management fee by BlackRock, of course. Um, but the thing is, is that you will not be able to withdraw your Bitcoin from that ETF. You'll have to sell. It'll go back into cash. And then you'll have to, you'll be in the same position where you'd have to take the cash out of your trading account put it into strike and buy it on strike. Um, so yeah, there is, there is the theory of thought that the ETF is a Bitcoin black hole. It'll go in and it'll never come out. Yeah. Um, I think that's true in let's get real conservative here and say in our lifetime, that is a very strong possibility that all the money that's been printed is finally treated for what it's worth which is nothing. And everyone takes every last dollar they can and tries to convert it to something that's actually worth something. And the most liquid thing that you can do that with right now, liquid meaning you can buy it and sell it whenever you want to or need to is Bitcoin. So right now, like I said, a couple of weeks ago, someone did some research or whatever. And there's like seven or eight companies that are holding up like the entire stock market. Conservatively, in our lifetime, that's probably true. Um, as everyone tries to flee um, this entire financial system that we live in, I, I think this is this is a point that's very understated and underrated about what's really going on right now. So we've seen a couple of countries collapse, right? Um, Sri, Sri Lanka. We saw what happened there. Um, literally, the government just like gets on planes and leaves. <laughs> like, what? Like, how do you just leave? Like, <laughs> I just don't get that, right? Anyway, um, and then the currency literally just goes to worth zero, right? Because the currency was only valuable because a group of people were in power and were guaranteeing that they were going to pay their debts. When those people quit, they like declared the most ultimate bankruptcy ever, which is we're out. We can't pay any of our country's bills and we're not going to be held responsible because we've probably siphoned off all the money mm -hmm. that we were going to siphon off. Right. OK. But what happened in Sri Lanka is not isolated to Sri Lanka. What happened in Sri Lanka is the entire world. There are just some people that are at the end of the line of what happened in Sri Lanka and some people that are closer to the front. But fundamentally. Any country with a central bank and any country that has the ability to print money up to and including the United States eventually is going to turn into Sri Lanka if they don't change. So we sit here in the United States and we say, oh, we can't believe that happened over there. Or like, it's crazy that people in Lebanon are like robbing banks to get their own money out, yada, 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 yada. When in actuality, we almost had that happen in 2008, number one. That's, that's pretty much what we were on the precipice of if you actually believe and or understand what was going on. 
Um, and so because of this, it's not just, oh, people in Sri Lanka need to get out of the fiat system and into Bitcoin or people in Argentina need to get out of the fiat system and into Bitcoin. It's no, the entire world needs to get out of fiat and into Bitcoin. I think that it won't take all the countries to collapse to make that point clear, but I don't think we've seen enough pain yet where people see the value of Bitcoin as the, the payment network. People only see it as the store of value. And so that's why I think that uh, Bitcoin ETFs being a black hole is true. But at some point, somebody will pay enough money <laughs> to get some money out of those ETFs, right? And when they go to withdraw out of the ETFs, it's because they plan on doing something with that Bitcoin. They plan on actually spending it back into the world economy to, you know, let's just say El Salvador, right? Let's say Bitcoin goes to $100 million. Okay, I think El Salvador will start spending some of that Bitcoin um, on projects and or as, like, it will get used. It's just that in the very beginning, everyone's going to hoard it. That's it. There'll be a small fraction of it that's actually transacting on a daily basis but yeah i see, i hear what you s it's not a permanent black hole but it is a black i hear hole. what you're saying yeah and and i think everyone has a different price point right mm -hmm. um so swan.com has a section on their website where it's a collection of essays and one of the essays is called bitcoin astronomy and what the essay is about is basically how does bitcoin the technology um, expand out into the, into the solar system and then out into the, you know, galaxy and then out into the universe. Um, and one of the points that he brings up is that, um, Bitcoin enables, Bitcoin, the technology enables planet wide financial planning, right? Meaning there's now an asset that I can buy and hold. And I can expect it to exist forever, mm -hmm. right? And if I do the right things to protect it and pass it on, I expect it to exist in my control forever. So it enables you to do pretty long-term planning. Um, we're not really there yet, right? Like we're still in a fiat world and a small percentage of us are trying to exit that world. Um, but... I do think that people will realize sooner rather than later what Jack Dorsey is describing as the ETFs being a black hole. And I think that while, you know, if you or I put money into it, we probably couldn't redeem for the actual Bitcoin. But that doesn't mean that you can't sell, take your cash out and go buy Bitcoin, right? Yeah, but they're taking a lot of the Bitcoin off the market. That doesn't matter. Like that, like fundamentally, that doesn't matter. Because if you put in $100 in Bitcoin today and insert time in the future, that $100 is worth $1,000, you can always take that $1,000 and go buy the same amount of Bitcoin. It will be for sale. It's just that part of the reason why the price will be, of Bitcoin will be so high is that there are so few sellers, right? But there will always be Bitcoin for sale. You just won't be getting thousands of sats for a dollar, mm -hmm. right? You might be getting two sats for a dollar. 
like that future might be close by. Um, but the point is, is that you will always be able to buy Bitcoin. It's just that there will be so little for sale that the price will be so high. Um, and that's when I think that people who have the ability to redeem the Bitcoin out of the spot ETF and once holding Bitcoin becomes a lot easier, more and more people who can, which there's a unique group of people who will be able to redeem the Bitcoin out of the ETF, will redeem because there'll be so many benefits to holding the Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. Right now, there's no benefits to it. So everyone's fine with letting um, BlackRock hold the Bitcoin, which technically BlackRock doesn't hold the Bitcoin. Coinbase holds the, the Bitcoin. So that's for- the other thing. I saw that all of these different wealth management funds are going to be using Coinbase. So Coinbase is just buying a bunch of Bitcoin. No, Coinbase is holding the Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. So like it's, we don't know how this is all going to play out. Um, All we see right now is a bunch of paperwork and we can guesstimate what we think that paperwork says the future is going to look like. But I think that what we see today is a very short term thing. Um, there might be a couple of crazy things that happen, but I think it'll all be short term. And what will eventually happen is that, you know, let's go super conspiratorial. Um, the United States government seizes all the Bitcoin that's held by people that don't hold their own Bitcoin, mm-hmm. right? They take it from BlackRock. They take it from Coinbase. They take it from Fidelity. They take it from all these ETFs and they do like they did with gold. And they say, okay, it's our Bitcoin now. And we say it's worth this. Okay, cool. And just like with gold, there were a bunch of people who didn't turn their gold in. There was a bunch of people who are not going to turn their Bitcoin in. The only difference is that the people who have their Bitcoin will still be able to transact in it. The people who still hold that held their gold, there's nowhere you can like buy bread for gold. <laughs> right? So like having the gold is like less important. Um, but overall, I think that. I think that the incentives of Bitcoin do not align with it staying inside of ETFs forever. What if the United States backed the US dollar and Bitcoin? There's no point to do that. That would be like <laughs> that would be like the ultimate proof that they still don't understand what this technology is. No, but like what if that's their play? Yeah, it's going to like if the United States says that the the US dollar is worth a certain amount of Bitcoin, right? Already today, $1 is worth 2,000 sats, right? Okay. If they were to back it with gold, their entire money printing scheme collapses. They have no incentive to ever back the United States dollar with gold or with with Bitcoin. Um, But let's say they did, right? Let's say like they're willing to trade in the money printer ability mm-hmm. and they're just going to pick a conversion rate for dollars to Bitcoin. Well, the problem with that is the market decides the conversion rate, not you. So if the market says, no, $1 is actually worth 10 Satoshis. It doesn't matter if the United States government says $1 is worth a thousand Satoshis, mm-hmm. right? Like you're just going to overpay when you're dealing with the United States government. Why would you do that? You'd go to, every other market in the world and trade Bitcoin for dollars there. Right. Um, so no, I don't, again, like back by gold was the original crypto. 
right? Like gold existed. Mm-hmm. People transacted with it. People bought land with it. People did lots of stuff with gold before the United States dollar. Before the United States. To come co-opt the capabilities of gold with paper and like regulations and FinCEN and like I need to know everything about you if you transact over six hundred dollars. Like that's mm-hmm. what we've gotten to, right? Yeah. Like that's that's the scam because they used to not be able to know anything about you, and now they feel like they have the right to know everything about you because they control the money. So the people who held on to gold didn't have a place to go like exist. Maybe they had to leave this country to go still transacting gold. But if you look at the world as it is today, that like it's all done with paper money and or digital fake ones and zeros and in spreadsheets and computers. There's nothing, there's nothing real about any of our money. And that's why the entire fiat system is going to blow up the way that Sri Lanka blew up. There's no way out. There's no way out. Maybe the United States will be the last one standing. We'll still be printing trillions. I don't even know what comes after a trillion. But before we die, we're going to find out what that number is. Gajillion. <laughs> I think it's quadrillion. It might be, yeah. But you know what I'm saying? Like, we're, There was a time when people were like, a billion dollars is a crazy number. I know. We'll never have a billion dollar deficit. That was said, right? Like, we have so many billionaires now. But that's my point is that like the numbers that we use today used to mean something. Mm -hmm. And now these numbers, like a trillion is the new million. Mm -hmm. And I don't, like I said, I don't know what comes after a trillion, but it's, we're going to find out in the next, at our going rate, we'll have to start using that term in about 10 years, Mm -hmm. probably sooner than that. If we run $4 trillion deficits for the next 10 years, that'll be 40 trillion on top of the 30 trillion that we have, which puts that at 70 trillion. So then we'll have to start talking about, yeah, hundred trillion. <laughs> like, it's, it's just gonna be crazy. It's gonna be crazy. We need to have crazy people in charge so they can go out there with their crazy faces and say crazy things, and everyone just kind of nod and go, "Okay, yeah, we, I see why we should spend another ten trillion dollars in debt to keep this whole machine going." Crazy, just crazy. Um, but that's why we have Bitcoin. Um, Bitcoin solves. All of our problems doesn't solve in this scenario. It doesn't solve anything. It just protects us from going to sleep and waking up. And they decided that tonight was the night it all ends. I know. So it usually happens on a Friday. Mm-hmm. You go to sleep Friday, you wake up Saturday and they tell you everything's changed. Mm-hmm. And then you got a whole day and a half or two days to stew and find out what really happens to you on Monday. Like that's the crazy part. Is they're going to close the banks <laughs> and tell you what's about to happen. You really think that's happening here? Yes. When? Um, I mean, it technically happened this year. It technically happened when Silicon Valley Bank crashed. They, the federal government stepped in. They closed the bank and nobody knew what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And then we let them tell us what they were going to do, which was change the rules to accommodate this. No one could have seen this coming scenario. Okay. Uh, But no, like they shut the game down. They figure out who's going to lose. And then they start the game back up. That's what they do. 
That's what they've been doing. That's not like a conspiracy. There's hundred years of documented evidence of that. Bitcoin, at least, they can't shut the game down. Market for Bitcoin is open 24-7, everywhere in the world, any time of day. If you got cash that you need to get into Bitcoin, <laughs> you can do it. Um, but if your money is sitting in uh, Wells Fargo, or if your money was sitting in Silicon Valley Bank and you went to sleep and woke up to the news that your money was not available to you, mm-hmm. you had nothing you could do. Yeah. Like you just sat there and just watched the TV like everyone else. Like, I hope, I hope they change the rules so I don't lose my money. You know, do you have the stats off the top of your head of how many uh, new people bought Bitcoin this year? Is there some type of figure out there that says like a lot of people adopted this year or, or didn't? I mean, the best metric that you could have is new wallet addresses mm-hmm. and wallet addresses that have like less than one Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. So both of those are up. Mm-hmm. I don't know since when, but like it's, you know, it's up. Um, but it doesn't like, it doesn't like those stats are just like indicators it doesn't necessarily mean that all of those new wallets were new people. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's just, I, I get curious. Why are you curious about that in particular? A lot of things have happened uh, this past year, especially inflation. I'm just wondering if more people are actually getting wise to it or if it's going to be after the having, like when it does shoot up, as you claim it will. Most people are going to, uh, wise up to Bitcoin once they can't afford it. We definitely can't afford one Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. That's when they'll figure it out. Do you think that's 2024? That is in the next 12 months. No way. Like, I mean, to be clear, like we don't have enough money to buy one Bitcoin right now. Right. So like, I'm not, I don't have what $45,000 mm-hmm. to go buy one Bitcoin. Yeah. How many people in this country do you think fall into that boat? It's a lot of people like the middle class of the West is in the process of being priced out. Mm -hmm. And as I've said on the pod many times, how many people do you know that own a yacht? That's going to be the number of people, you know, that own one Bitcoin. That simple. And it'll never change because it's only going to get harder to get one Bitcoin. So like if I'm thankful for anything, it's that, I figured out what Bitcoin is before we got priced out. Mm-hmm. And I started a podcast and I've tried to convince all my friends of this thing called Bitcoin. And I know that a significant number of them are not going to get it. They're just not. Except for when it's a million dollars. Because that'll be something to talk about, right? Can you believe this fake internet money is worth a million dollars? Yeah, I can. <laughs> Because I know what it is. It's actually worth a lot more than that. One Bitcoin is one twenty-one millionth of the entire world economy. That's what it is. That's all it'll ever be. And it's just taking time for the entire world economy to price itself into Bitcoin. Mm. But Bitcoin is the world economy. Like, that is how you should think of it. So when can I stop going into the office? Um, 
I mean, you can technically stop going into the I office know, whenever you want. I know. You know what I'm uh, saying. One they might fire you. What kind of girl, reti- you. <laughs> kind of girl <laughs> retire? I don't know, babe. Like, I don't know. We'll, we'll, you'll know, but I don't know when that is. Right. But at the same time, like, I, I don't want to not work. Mm-hmm. I just want to work on the things that I want to work on. For sure. Like, if I have to wake up, and devote eight hours of my life to something that I don't own. That kind of sucks, mm-hmm. like fundamentally. Um, but that's just the deal that we all kind of make, you know, like. Uh, mainly because we live in an inflationary society where things become harder and harder to afford. And so you have to have a job just to stay alive really Mm -hmm. um but you have fewer and fewer ways to save up to like break out of that and it sounds really messed up but the more i'm in bitcoin the more i think that buying bitcoin is like buying your freedom because once you have a certain amount you can escape some of the things that keep everyone else trapped like inflation and wealth confiscation and generational wealth because yeah, that's where my brain is going. Just generational wealth and just being able to confidently establish it during such a chaotic time. It is freeing. Well, I'm I'm saying it from the perspective of without Bitcoin, you can work as hard as you want. You can build up as much wealth as you want. And when you go to pass it on, they're going to take some of it. Yeah, that too. Um, with Bitcoin, you get to choose if they take it from you. Right. Like if you convert mm-hmm. some of your Bitcoin into a house and then you pass on the house, then, yeah, they're going to they're going to call that an inheritance and you're going to have to pay taxes on it. Um, but if it stays as Bitcoin, if it just stays as 12 words in your head and you tell someone else those 12 words. Come at me, bro. Yeah. You don't get to take 30, 40, 50 percent of what I worked for while you also took 30 percent while I was working for it. Right. Like and you take when I buy stuff, <laughs> you take it all the time and the, you're yeah. going to take it from me. Like as I try to pass it on to my kids, like that's that's a bridge too far. I think um, especially if especially if you're creating a scenario that we currently are in where it's actually getting harder to build those things to pass on. Like if it's easy to build up a billion dollars to pass on to my kids. Great. If you want to tax half of it. But if it was like. <laughs> Every two years I had to go to battle with you. <laughs> like, you no, know, I, I think I won the fight. I still have the billion. I'm passing it all on. And with Bitcoin, um, if they don't change the rules, you're going to see a lot of wealthy people doing just that. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not the person that's going to really take advantage of that. Um, wealthy people are going to pass 12 words on to their kids and explain to them. What's yeah, that, right? Absolutely. So, like, when there's an alternative, then the person who's exploiting you has to come up with a better exploit. Um, and I just don't think they have one. So, they're either gonna make people afraid of Bitcoin. That didn't work. Um, they're gonna have to change something. I don't know what, but in a world with Bitcoin that's growing in value literally every four years, there's going to be a new group every four years. That's going to be like, you're not taking this from me. (laughs) Like, yeah. 
You know, I was just thinking you know, there there's several situations I know where uh, people's parents want to help them out, but their money is tied up. And so their their help is restricted or limited in some way. It's not their money. It's not. Yeah, it's really. And so like. There's so many instances where there are rules on money that I see that um, you have, like, just people would have more options in their life. A lot more. Yeah, so much more. And I think it's it's just so interesting that is this new place to store your money in, right? But, I mean, we've talked about the yuppie elite so much, but... They really don't understand what an easy option this is that no one's ever had before. Yeah, it's a very challenging thing to understand. And that's why I said if I'm thankful for anything, it's that I had the space to sit down and understand it. Um, when, like, during this time, during the beginning times, um, I, I feel like I would have gotten Bitcoin at some point regardless, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but... The earlier you know what it is, the faster you can make adjustments and the more, I'll say, benefit you will reap from Bitcoin, right? And so as people get priced out, right, like it's never going to come back down. There's, it's like a meme. You're not in the Bitcoin space, but it's a meme. <laughs> every cycle there's somebody who's like oh so glad i got out at whatever Mm -hmm. it's never going back to that right Mm -hmm. and it's always some ridiculously low number right Right. okay so like it's never going to go back down yes there will be drawdowns but as i said earlier the the lows will be higher each time this time it was from three thousand to fifteen thousand so if you're looking at a 5x in your lows the next low is what? 75,000. <laughs> yeah, the next low is 75,000. That'll be the low, which is above the the all-time high right now. But just assuming that that's the trajectory, right? We could be conservative and say it's 2x. It's still up. So, um I think everyone will figure it out. Yeah, I mean, I hear everything that you're saying and I know It'll happen, but still, I'm going to be like, oh, my God, when it happens. I have this thought that Bitcoin is a patch, like it's a software patch on the computer program that is humanity, right? There's been a bug in the system for a while, which was a select group of people can print as much money as they want. Yes, they use that ability to fight over which group it is that gets to do it. Mm-hmm. But fundamentally, you wouldn't want anyone to be able to create unlimited money, whether they're on your side or not. Mm-hmm. So there's been this bug in the system. And the reason why I was having this thought is because this guy, Ray Dalio, we haven't really talked about him on the pod a lot, but he was making a name for himself um, about like econ- economics. And um, he was talking about like the United States versus China. And everyone's got this chart, you know, where they show like, oh, here's the rise of the insert country monetary dominance and then they peak and go down and then here comes this other country and they peak and go down and you see like this this cycle, right? 
And the cycle is, well, eventually, printing the money causes the system to blow up. And you kind of have to fight to figure out who's going to be in control next. And then someone invents Bitcoin and it goes, no one is in control next time. You guys can fight World War III all you want. Nobody will be in control. Mm -hmm. And so it's easier to give up control than it is to fight to hold on to it. But fundamentally, Bitcoin is a software patch on humanity. And as you know, with like, software patches not everyone gets the patch right away some people are like are their settings are to automatically download there's that some people have to manually do it there's that avoid it there's that that's that's one of the like analogies okay. i was going with okay. here um but the other one is that like it's it's called like a phased rollout right so let's say you and i have the exact same phone and the update is pushed out mm-hmm. back at you know, at the server, they say only send this out to like 5% of the phones. Mm -hmm. And if nothing breaks, then send it out to like another Mm -hmm. 5%, right? Okay. I think that the algorithm decided (laughs) Ian gets the early version. Oh yeah. Right. Like when people talk about stuff like, Oh, the algorithm, this and the algorithm Mm -hmm. that, and I think the algorithm has, has, has figured out what I'm interested in and has sent me down some very interesting rabbit holes. But I think the algorithm figured out like, I'm going to give this software update to Ian Mm -hmm. because if I give it to Ian, he can distribute it faster. Mm -hmm. And when you look at it like that, that's deep, babe. Right. Like when you look at it like that purpose, do you feel like this is your life's purpose? Um, I don't know about life's purpose, but I do think that the algorithm or a calling purpose, calling. Sure. I'm just saying that I think the algorithm specifically YouTube, um, because technically Google search is the oldest like algorithm for, for what we're talking about. Um, I do think the algorithm knows that I'm open to new information. I do think the algorithm knows that I'm interested in finance and technology and uh, the combination of those two. And I do think that the, the algorithm knows that I'm into history. So I, was able to understand the history of money at a faster pace than other people. Like you can explain it to them and they'll go, Oh yeah, I knew about when England and Spain fought a war. And you know, if you got to explain like 500 years of history to explain like why one monetary thing happened, it's very hard to teach that person about money. But for me, I feel like everything I learned in the past, like two years was just like hard booted into my head. It's like, you knew all of this, but just hold on to this really tight for a second because I'm going to tell you about this thing called Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. And then when when I tell you about Bitcoin, you'll see how all those things probably wouldn't have happened if they had had Bitcoin, right? Mm -hmm. And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay, cool. Go tell everybody Mm -hmm. that, right? And uh, yeah, it's it's very interesting. And I I really do think that like there are the, 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 the havings, and the order in which people figure it out and literally how it's going to play out is just resorting society, just resorting society. And, and some of the effects of that is that people that were at the bottom are going to end up at the top. Now, I don't know how many there are, but I know at least four, not personally, but just I'm guessing I know at least four people who would have been considered, you know, poor 
They found out about Bitcoin. They got into Bitcoin mining and they have thousands of Bitcoin. Mm. Now we need the whole game to play out for the resorting to like fully happen. But that person who has a thousand Bitcoin today and understands what Bitcoin is, they've mentally already resorted themselves. So they're going to act and behave differently because they now have something that's going to be worth something in the future. Mm -hmm. And they have to start making plans for how they're going to treat it. And I would argue that if you're a person who has a thousand Bitcoin and doesn't spend 999 of them today, you have a very different set of values than someone who wins the lottery today and is broke two years later, right? This isn't the same thing. It's giving money to people who are, who have a different set of ideals, a different set of values, a different set of beliefs and ways that they think the world should work. And, you know, (laughs) I won't say the official line on the pod, but Dave Chappelle has a joke where he's like, they never should have gave y'all money. (laughs) And that's what Bitcoiners are. That's what, that's what's going on right now. And I think that that's why the black hole idea is so, um, I'm not gonna say scary, but, um, it's a double-edged sword because the more Bitcoin that goes into that black hole, the more the Bitcoin that's not in the black hole is worth. And the people who currently have the most Bitcoin are never letting their Bitcoin go into that black hole. Mm -hmm. So go ahead, BlackRock, Fidelity, all you guys, and play your financial games that you want to play, that you're always going to play with whatever asset market you're in. But this time, when you play that game, all the people that were in early, they benefit more than you do. Mm. Or not more than you do, but they benefit disproportionately to you Mm -hmm. just because they have more time in the game, um, which will make those and they pe- understand it better than they do. Which will make those people who are used to playing games where no one could check them, all of a sudden, every time BlackRock or, you know, some wealthy billionaire hedge fund does some market chicanery and then Bitcoin pops up, like, crap, we just made another millionaire who doesn't like us. Mm-hmm. Why else would they have Bitcoin? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't have right. Bitcoin because they like the current right. system. They have Bitcoin because they don't like it. So if they pump Bitcoin, they're just making millionaires out of people who are going to figure out how to use this new wealth to take down your system even more. It's inevitable. It's inevitable, especially if we all educate our kids, right? Like Keon, whether he likes it or not, he has to fight this fight too. He can run oh, away from home. All he can run away from home what? and be like, I'm not going to fight I your love, battles, dad. I love cash. <laughs> I love the US yeah. dollar. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. It's vintage. Imagine, what a rebel. We should close out the episode with the funny thing that happened today. What's that? We thought we were having people over. Yeah, so I thought my friends were coming over here uh, today. And so I did grocery shopping. I picked out a recipe. Uh, we cleaned the whole house. Uh, we had Keon on good nap times. I cooked like a three-part dinner. I made a dessert tray. And then I was like, oh, we're ready when you guys are. And my friend was like, oh, I thought it was next Sunday. <laughs> and just like that, I looked at Ian and I said, oh, we, we're, we just threw a dinner party for ourselves, babe. And we had a fancy dinner party with Keon. 
Yeah. His first fancy dinner party. It was very funny. Should have had him in a collared shirt, but, you know, next time. So, like, I'm standing there and I've, like, you know, literally done everything for this party. I would say Ian maybe did, like, a little bit. And so I was like, oh, my God, I did all of this stuff. And Ian goes, I shaved. I did. <laughs> like, as if he also put equal amount of effort. <laughs> I wasn't saying as an equal amount of effort. I was just stating what I did. You're like, I made effort as well. Yep. <laughs> it was so funny. It was so funny. But, you know, like. Treating yourself like a guest in your home for a dinner party is nice. Yeah. You know, I I feel like I should be a guest in my house more often. I know. Yeah. I really did make you a guest. Um, you're invited over anytime, babe. Mm-hmm. Open door policy. I mean, I know the I know the combination. <laughs> <laughs> you're just gonna break in? Are you gonna knock? Not if I know the code. You're so bad at flirting, babe. I mean, you know, the the, the beep in the, the beeps on the door is the knock. The longer that we're married, like the less smooth you are. I didn't I didn't know this was a flirting um segment. This, the whole show is us flirting. Okay. What am I flirting about? Knocking on the door? I don't know, like having you over. I said open door policy. You're like I live here. You're like, I'll break in. <laughs> I didn't say I'll break but in. I, I said I have, the, I have the key. Like, I, Again, know, I know how do. to get in. <laughs> it's okay, babe. I know it is. You're like, you're cute. I try. Hey, babe, I think we just celebrated Festivus. Okay. Um, we don't have a poll, though. <laughs> That's for later. <laughs> Good night, everyone. (laughs) Hey, thanks for listening to the show. Now let's get you set up on Fountain so you can start earning money simply by listening to podcasts. It's time to join the Fountainhead Nation. Go to fountain.fm to download the app onto your phone. Once you've installed the app and have set up your account, search for Flirting with Bitcoin and follow us. You should also be able to find and follow every other podcast you listen to as well. Listen to our show and episodes from your other favorite podcasts to earn your first sats, which are fractions of the Bitcoin. And keep an eye out for our promoted episodes on Fountain's homepage. We promote every episode so you can earn up to 100 sats just for listening. Yeah, that's right. Your attention's valuable to us. You're not just a set of earballs we've collected for advertisers. You can use the sats you've earned to send us a boost, which is like a little payment with a message. We are very active and respond to almost all the boosts we get. Every episode, we also give a shout out to the top boosters from the previous episode. And if you want to support us or other podcasters with more sats than you earn, you can top up your fountain wallet with a bank card or a lightning transfer from apps like Strike or Cash App. The easiest way to learn is to just get started. If you have any trouble or questions, go to support.fountain.fm. The team is extremely helpful and responsive. That's it. Now you're all set up for podcasting 2.0.